Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. All right. Welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke. And this is the podcast where we drink and smoke and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now, we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to be covering too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. But honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So, speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host today. First with me, we're honored to have the uh, founder and CEO of J-Bone Enterprises and J-Bone Industries, uh, J-Bone himself. Welcome to the bad guy. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Now, today we don't got to do the the guest-by-guest drink breakdown because we're all drinking the same shit. Got some Founders Porters and some Red Stag. And I think that's kind of fitting because this kind of the original podcast crew and the Red Stag's pretty much the uh, original podcast drink. So also with us, uh, the Duke, Dan the Man. Yeah, I was just sitting back here. I guess Porter's more important than me. I mean... (laughs) We're the original crew, but just sitting back here waiting for you to get done talking about beer so I can be introduced, but it's cool. How crafty and are you? And you missed out my favorite wing of uh, J-Bone Enterprises, J-Bone International. But to stay with uh, Sueno, thank you for the music and the Founders Local Brewery. Like, we didn't want to put the internet, we were keeping it local. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, local-based business, global goals, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, he's like the... Uh, the end zone, though, like he goes around the whole world. Of he goes beyond the pylon. <laughs> uh, you, uh, so, yeah, you did mention Swaino. So, Six Fo Swaino, uh, local Detroit rapper. Go to his YouTube channel to subscribe. He puts out a lot of content. Go say hello to yeah. the bad guy. The original. You can follow us. We got the, the Bad Guy Podcast Instagram. All right. Uh, so, we'll go ahead and get started. The bad guy that we're covering today is Octave Garnier. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Is this the beginning of the Garnier Fructis Empire, perhaps? Octave was born December 25th, 1889, in Fontainebleau, France. Fontainebleau. <laughs> I mean, that's not what I do to fountains, but whatever. I throw coins in them, son. <laughs> hey, to each their own. I don't know how the yeah. French culture works. He started off working as a baker and a butcher, but by the time he was 13 years old, he just kind of moved towards theft. Um, <laughs> how early did he start his By the time he was 13, he was a baker and a butcher prior to 13? Well, he was trying to get all the stereotypical uh, French stuff. He wore a striped shirt. He's a bonjour, and then he just baker, a butcher, and what was the other one that was in the tub? Uh, a candlestick maker or That's something? his next job. He's going to be a candlestick maker. Yeah, but like by the time he was 13, he was burnt out on all that. He went to a life of crime. Like, come on. Okay. Well, they wanted to wait till his balls dropped before they let him mess with open flame. It, it is super funny, because that's one of the first things that hits me, like... What the fuck? Because even it would be young if it was like by the time he was eighteen, like damn. So he had to start like no, he was burnt yeah, out on that yeah, job. Yeah, but at what 13. is that in eighteen eighty nine years? That, yeah. that is true. You know when they're yeah, he was almost a... mid aged in that time, like medieval France. Right. Well, in eighteen eighty nine medieval France. <laughs> well, that time France actually was real crazy because that was when they kept coming off all these revolutions where they were just you know chopping people's heads off and guillotine was... crazy and whatnot. Yeah, it was a. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't invent that not to use it. Right. Intense He's, time to be a Frenchman. We. Oui. 
I think every time in history was an intense time to be yeah, a Frenchman. Yeah, I mean, everybody... Way back before they were France, when they were still goal. I think it was a very intense time. Till Rolo went over there and set shit straight, son. That's where most of my uh, French historical knowledge comes from. Vikings. I mean, it's on the History Channel, so... The Vikings is about the same level of historical accuracy that you get from the Bad Guy Podcast. Or if we're being honest with ourselves and our fans, like, that you get from a history book that they wrote. Like, they're just telling you their version of a story. He ended up doing time for the first time at 17 years old. Now, he was described at the time... Garnier was handsome, swarthy, silent lad whose dark eyes were astoundingly hard and feverish. He was small and working class by origin. I don't know. It doesn't sound like the perfect description to well, be sounds, going to prison with. It sounds part bio, part like a romantic novel that like our moms well, would read or something. It started like, off all good, the first one. He was handsome. Then it just went immediately. He was swarmy. He had feverish eyes. Feverish was, eyes. Was, not swar- swarthy. Slimy. Um, no, swarthy is like handsome. It's like... Uh, well, like me- Mediterranean, you know, like a like dark, handsome, swarthy, like so Spaniards. This guy was short, dark, and handsome. You just laid it out for us. <laughs> Pretty much. Let me reword their French for you. He was short, dark, and handsome. Feverish now, eyes. like how you said, like, it sounds like something out of a romance novel. I'll have a handful of quotes. These guys were like smart. They wrote a lot. Say what we want about France. That's where most of the romantically written shit comes from, you know? Yeah. So, they didn't uh, invent it per se. It was like a... Asian thing, but like they wrote that guy, their gangsters would write poetry. Like that's how like they got down. And that is known as a poetic language. Right. Their whole shit was literature and poetry, banging bitches. (laughs) Wait, I was thinking of uh, the skunk, the rapey skunk. My bad. Oh, yep. Rolo and Pepe Le Pew. That's our, that's our, our French reference. And Inspector Cousseau from Pink Panther fame. About as (laughs) France as I get. So that quote that was written by a gangster about his homie. So at 17, he gets caught stealing and he gets sentenced to three years or three months. So he gets three months in prison. He was with a friend that got a suspended sentence and got to walk. And he was like super pissed. It changed the way he looked at the justice system for the rest of his life. When he was in prison, it was real big in France at the time. He started to associate with like anarchists in prison. I also seen a thing that said a lot of these prisons at the time were similar to death camps. He was subjected to horrors that they had never thought fathomable. It's not a pretty prison to be in at 17 years old. No, wait, because I'm confused. I expected more of an expert. How did his buddy just get off and this guy got sent to hell? It, it really doesn't say. It just said they both got the same sentence, but for some reason that guy got a suspended sentence. So they gave him like a, a sentence of a couple months and suspended it. So I don't know if it was because of his previous record it really doesn't say, and it honestly, it seems like no, for no particular reason. Well, at least as it's historically told from the, the side yeah. that we see. I mean, I would be pretty pissed too. Like, you're not going to give me a reason why this guy got off? What the fuck happened? Octavo's friend blow the judge, dare we? Mm? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that judge was Judge Fountain. He gobbled on the gavel, we. Oui. So after three months when he got out, he went back home and his parents were pissed that he had got arrested and had to go to prison. So they beat the shit out of him as punishment. Nobody he was here to till the fields, dare we? Like, what? We didn't what? hire some help? Well, Jim, I mean, how quick is their judicial system? Like, you figure they could have got that out of the way before he went to jail for three months. And three months seems like such a small amount of time. You know what I mean? Well, like, like we already mentioned in plague and revolution time in France, you know, like... I mean, it's bathings, three months in hell. I mean, bath, 
bathing hadn't hit the region yet, you know, like it was rough time, you know, like. And I mean, thievery, I mean, not going to keep them in there for too long, especially like you said, if it's hell, three year, three months in hell, not like a normal summer. I don't know the way it was described. I just imagined the prison from Batman Begins. That's what it sounds like to me in my head. Yeah, probably. I mean, they probably legit still keep them in dungeons and shit. From then on, the rest of his writings, which when it's all said and done, we have a lot of his writings. When he was just always obsessed with uh, the crookedness of the justice system, and he really threw himself into anarchist groups and anarchist politics. He would have liked him some rage against the machine had it been in his time. They'd rather around his family. With a pocket full of shells. At 18 years old, he said he no longer wanted to go back to work. He didn't trust the system. He didn't trust the government. So he decided to commit to a life of crime. But he still wasn't very good at it. So he was out He was out for three months and got caught and sentenced to two more months. Got sent right back to for hell. almost the same time. Just yeah. a little bit shorter. Man, if only he didn't retire from baking at 13. Right. He could have been the next Jacques Pepin. Now he's out here doing dirt. Now the accumulated time was starting to bug him. So this time he gets out and he decides, still in anarchist but he doesn't want to go back to prison so he gets a legit job as like some kind of like a navigation engineer is what it said they call them like navvies i'm not too sure what it was i didn't want to do that's the least exciting part about the podcast so i'm like well i'm not going to research that anymore (laughs) (laughs) this is sort of hard it must not be like like comparable to like our modern times though of any kind of an engineer because at 13 he was done being a baker and a a pastry chef right then at 18 he he goes into the life of crime and says you know i'm gonna get a job i'm gonna be a navigation engineer (laughs) no schooling no nothing just like that is what i call myself there right okay i mean he gave himself a degree right he just went and stood down at the dock and called himself a navigational engineer over <laughs> ear over ear park the boat over ear okay. i am a navy we oui? eventually the the spot that he was working at went on strike because france at that time they always go on strike and they're, they're they're angry bunch. Well, yeah because like with the revolution thing like their country would go on strike he participated in the strike and while he was striking at some point the police just showed up and beat the shit out of all the strikers <laughs> for instance this time they're just a series of riots and the police come and kick your ass then somebody gets upset again it's another rebel like my back down it is back to a crisp revolution and they do a big revolution get their ass kicked but then the next day somebody gets pissed this wine and cheese is not good pairing revolution and then they get into a big old thing and they get shut down again like that's they're so quick to just go to rebellion revolt ready baby revolt ready just like out of whims like well like you said <laughs> earlier we were talking about like large scale you know when they were guillotining people and you know whole whole scale revolutions but still even on the small level this you know, trickles we're down gonna... to the like their city politics like their councilmen and shit are like with a clearly fake resume he got a job as a navigational engineer he should probably just shut up and be happy and then not go on strike. well if you could do that then why didn't he just leave that and be like no i am a brain surgeon we like i mean if you can call yourself whatever no he went in there they asked him if he knew how to do the job or whatever he's like you're gonna tell me how to do this revolution and he just started a big upheaval because he was getting busted he didn't know what he was doing after the strike fight with the police uh, another quote written about him said octave had suffered a vicious beating on a building site in the course of a strike no other man that i have met in my whole life has ever so convinced me of the importance and even the futility of the intellect when confronted with tough primitive creatures like this so as i i take i interpret that as we're kicking him boom and he's spitting back knowledge like hey stop being a social like 
stop being like educated or whatever you're trying to be and fight back like shit well no it definitely to i'm me- not understanding either one of these quote could you run because i need a translation on that what was going on okay for one he suffered a vicious beating and then he said he's never more convinced of the futility of intellect when oh. fr- confronted with tough primitive creatures like this Okay, I thought somebody oh, said yes. that about him while he was... They, get- they did. Okay. That was a quote about him. So they said, for one, he got the shit beat out of him. And basically what it sounds like to me is, yeah, he might be a smart guy, but he clearly, big brute cops just beat the shit out of him. So he just basically, yeah, probably was a smart mouth, probably was a pretty smart kid, but just didn't have the ass to back it up. What you guys are doing here is illegal and like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when they, he gets attacked, you know? He was very smart, and it sure didn't matter much when the cops just come and start beating the fuck out of people. Word. You can't explain sense to people that just want to punch you in the face. That's, And the more, when it's people that want to punch you in the face, the more try to act smart to them, yet the more they want to punch you in the face. Right, because they can do that. They can't argue with you, but they can still keep whapping you with well, that fucking billy club. Because to be 1880s... French policemen was probably not, you know, like, hey, we're just taking all, like, you know, how we used to pick hockey teams in the 80s. Like, yeah, come on, you guys well, can fight. And those cops are there to break up a riot. So it's a riot fight. So don't sit here and try to explain to me your shit. I'm here to arrest you, fuckhead. Get down. I'm going to smack you. I have rights here, and I will tell you that. Pop, pop, pop. Sit the fuck down. Got some frog legs and snails to get back to. Sit your ass down. This is the 10th damn strike we had to break up today. And he's like, because he's smart or whatever, because he's an engineer, he said so. <laughs> um, He's 18 at this time. So, like, you're going to tell the cops, even now, flash forward to 2021 or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to tell the cops, hey, bro, I know what I'm a, tell a Detroit cop you know your rights. I don't think this guy's that smart. And so now he's like, yeah, man, anarchy. Fuck this shit. When I was in prison, I learned about this system, man. Yeah, Illuminati, free man. Fuck the police. You guys don't do nothing. Like, that's what he sounds like to me. Just as stupid. Like, yeah, they don't understand the knowledge that I'm spitting at. These guys are just idiots. Like, no, dummy, you're saying a bunch of nonsense. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know how dumb he is, though, because he was a navigation engineer. (laughs) He said so. You you don't just slide into a position like that. He learned anarchy from other anarchists that were in prison. Not at university or something like that. But he's an 18-year-old punk kid. These guys were probably veteran, like, you know, into their rage against the machine or whatever it may have been. it might just be a bunch of dudes in prison that hate prison. So, like, you know what? Fuck the government, man. We're all like, yeah, but did you steal that shit? Yeah, but fuck them, though, man. Fuck the system. I would say you go to any prison in any country today, and you will find more anarchists than you will in an average, you know, microcosm of people. Just because you have a bunch of people that are have a different spectrum. Well, they're anti-authoritarian. I mean, if this was a serious historian podcast, we'd probably know some shit about the state of the French government and that time, because... They've gone through their periods of totalitarian or whatever. Like, this could be a whole, I had to steal bread because we were too poor and, like, very authoritarian. Friend. Or it could be just a whiny dude that's mad because he got arrested for stealing. They're... He was living Les Miserables. Okay? Yeah, exactly. This time, it was more of a settled time, but it was still high raised tensions against the wealthy. Like, hey, wait a minute, we get up and go to work every day, and a lot of these people just live in nice houses, and they hated that, you know? And like I said, we said, the French, they tended to just take rich people and chop their head off, so it wasn't quite there, but it was kind of the aftermath of that. It seemed like maybe he was riding some of that wave. Well, we see it a lot, you know, people use excuses to explain their reasons for being a criminal or a sick fuck. The good news out of him getting the shit beat out of him was he only got six days for that. He did his six days, and he got out in 1910, 
the French army started, they started doing conscriptions again. He fled to Belgium, which was a common thing at the time to avoid, basically to avoid the draft as a draft dodger. Well, so horrible of a decision. He didn't know about that time Germany's coming there. World War One's coming, and they roll through Belgium to get to France. Whoa, spoiler, dude. <laughs> well, no, I'm sure this 18-year-old didn't, after being an engineer, didn't join the army of fighting World War One. Well, I mean, he clearly, he didn't want to fight anything anywhere. Like, that, that was not in his skill set. He's like, I'm not... I'm not trying to fight anything, man. Turns out when you're on the battlefield, you can't just try to use your intellect against the enemy and just sort of talk to them because they're brutes. Well, and he's probably not literally smart enough for military intelligence. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just a smart ass on the battlefield. Like, fuck. <laughs> so now while he was in Belgium, since a lot of people did that, he met up with other groups of French anarchists that had also dodged the draft. This is where the pussies retire, we... <laughs> There, he basically picked up a trade. He learned uh, burglary and counterfeiting. Make a criminal living without consistently getting the shit beat out of him. Their version of white-collar crime. like He brings kind of his group, his little anarchist group, and they come back to Paris. They were called the Merry Men, by the way. <laughs> Octave Garner and the Merry Men. Garnier, sorry. Garnier. He would work like odd jobs to make some money, but he would always do kind of burglary part time. You know, you got to hone your craft. You got to stay, you know, practice. You know, if you're not doing it, you know, you you don't forget how, but you're not as sharp as you should be. You don't use it, you lose it. Octave got bored real quick of small burglaries, and all the people that knew him say he always dreamed of bigger, bigger height. Now, back in Paris, he met a guy named Jules Benat or Benoit. Yeah, no, I makes think more I sense. don't think it's Benoit. I think it's Bonot. Okay. So we're gonna go with Jules Bonot. He introduced Octave. to to a more radical form of anarchism called illegalism. Kind of like if you are legal, but it's exactly opposite there, we. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm doing research, right? And I find out like, okay, so now he's going to go from anarchism to a specific type of anarchism called illegalism. And I'm like, so he's going to keep being a criminal? Because like, everything they've done the so far was illegal. Even his day job when he was working as a butcher at 13 was probably some form of illegal. Like, well, see, this is like, I made the joke, but the more we go on, this is more of the people that like, you're not like an anarchist as much as you just don't want to do shit. <laughs> You don't want to work and, like, and shit. Yeah, you just want to steal shit, and then you're mad that you got caught stealing, and then, like, you just hate the state, but you got no skills, so illegalism. I'm just going to rob. Well, and if you look behind, so there is a whole thing, so I had to do at least a little research, so I look into illegalism, and it's based in a form of anarchy that believed in, as the name implies, anarchy is like a belief that is all over the place. So you can have all types of different anarchists that have different beliefs. But basically, it was that people should be able to govern themselves, which eventually turned in there should be no form of government at all. Well, illegalism started kind of based in the if it's illegal to govern me, then it is not only acceptable, but it's kind of your responsibility to do crime because that, that crime disrupts the system, you know. And the original illegalism, it was kind of like a Robin Hood type thing. You know what I mean? They would kind of steal from the rich people or the government and kick it back to the, you know, the working folk and the people. So that was the original concept behind illegalism. Basically, eventually, so at some point evolved into no one had a right to govern anybody. So any crime committed at all was acceptable because it creates chaos 
which puts pressure on the system. Any form of crime at all was not only acceptable, but necessary, basically. I just call that Joker shit. Yeah, they wanted the purge, but not for one night. Like, hey, it should be the purge forever. (laughs) All the time. Because all all crimes are not punishable. So, yep, that dude had to rape and burn my wife. Sorry. It had to happen. (laughs) All all crimes are acceptable because it disrupts the system. So when Jules Banat tells Octave this, and he's got an anarchist game already, that belief system fit real well with his... Already doing a bunch of crimes? Well, and his bigger heist plan. So it basically made him go, well, look, not only do I want to be... Not only do I want to do bigger heists... It's actually like my responsibility. It, it's my duty there to rob the bank. Like, no, it's not, bro. You you suck at breaking in that little old lady's house. Now you want to rob a bank because this dude said that should be law? The plans of Octave, he started to basically come up with plans. And what he figured out is that they could be more successful in the crimes if with more money they could get access to more cutting edge technology that wasn't available to the French police and government at the time. So that's kind of his game plan he came up with. That t- came to fruition... On December 21st, 1911. But not an octave. They catch a collection clerk leaving the bank with the daily hall. So he's got the bags. And the two of them come up to the street. And Octave shot him in the neck. Dropped the guy. And he was still alive. He stood over him and shot him in the chest. And then they took the bags and left. Oddly enough, the guy still... Oh, it was... uh. It was a bank that was called uh, Societe Generale Bank. Which is still around to this day. Each member of the gang got 5,126 francs. The bank, because it's still around today, they got like detailed information on the robbery. So after they shot him, grabbed the bank, uh, grabbed the bags, they left in a stolen Dulaney Belleville car. My mom had an Avon cologne with that. (laughs) (laughs) It's really important to show the cars in this story because we talk about old timey and we picture old timey cars. And I'm like, no, well, I mean, because this is obviously like a for the people at home. That's Model T old timey. If you're going to picture it in your head, like right. So Model T, that's a Model S. Right. Before the T even came to be. So we're talking old, old, old timey cars. They had stolen that a week before. They pulled up, grabbed the bags, jumped in the car, and left. And this is the first time on record that somebody fled a crime scene in an automobile. These times times are a-changing. Oh, and what a trend did those guys set. (laughs) We're just, we're right here, we're about 11 years away from guys hanging off the rails of them with Thompsons and fucking, yeah. You know, that's a... Oh, what a trend. Oh, the whole NASCAR, the bootlegging thing. Like, well, yeah. whatever. They had a plan. That was their plan. Get some technology the cops weren't ready for. Skirt away. Well, these guys, ride. like, if in a small way, these guys probably invented the police car. The need for the police car. No, that and makes it, sense. Even now, today, like, you flash forward 100 years up, like, they're still chasing us around. You know what I mean? And I was going to say, man, they're so smart because they stole it, like, a week ago or whatever. But, like, that's smart in today's time because you had, and then it's on track. Like, back then, they just had to make sure they had a car because you couldn't go out onto the street and steal a fresh one. Right. right. So they took it a week ago because they they didn't know yeah. when they might see that another was, car. It would be smart not to have to steal it. But, yeah, well, we got 50 horses or one car. All his getting beat up and all his, like, shortcomings and, like, dim-witted crime, like, once he took it to the automobile and became, like, Grand Theft Auto Paris, 1910. Basically, it came down to he wanted, he so didn't want to get his ass beat ever again that he said, what is the fastest way that I can get away from with anything? And like you said, it's vague because that's around the time automobiles were hit. And if that's traceable, that that's the first time that a car was used in a crime, like, oh, fuck, that's a nice little fucking uh, fun fact, folks. Like, (laughs) save that one. Like, 
after their first crime, they were ecstatic. They got 5,000 francs apiece, which a long time ago, I don't know what the transition rate, but it seems Thank to you, check yeah. out that they were making a lot of money. So they were they were pretty fired up. Now, in a group of criminals that fancy themselves illegalists, they describe this at this point that Octave quickly became the most diabolical and least remorseful person I'd ever seen in his life. Like, once he realized, oh shit, this car thing worked, he was like, bam, my technology plan, cars and repeater rifles. And the French police didn't have access to that kind of equipment. And if they got that, they could do basically whatever the fuck they wanted. Kind of the exact same thing mm-hmm. at the exact same time was going on here. Like, because a lot of these casts that go back to, like, your your Purple Gang or the early mob shit, the exact same thing. Once they got faster cars, they had eight cylinders. They still had the slow, regular, like, police truck things. We had Thompsons. They had, like, 22 mm-hmm. revolvers. Right, like. little revolver specials. <laughs> So this is the French version of, like, this exact same fucking thing. Minus the mobbiness. This guy's not very mob at all, but, like, he's a... Anarchist was supposed to be support of the working man against, you know, the rich and the, the government, you know? His justification is... This is a quote he wrote. Why kill workers? They are vile slaves, and without them there'd be no bourgeoisie and no rich. Basically thought, not only is it mandatory to commit crimes, to create chaos. He needs to do population control. Well, is, is this is pre-industrial age, so people are the production. They are the machine. It's today, if you wanted to get rid of Amazon, you'd bust up an Amazon factory. Like, to him, people, that goes back to him being diabolical. He probably doesn't view people as people. He just saw them as the cogs in the machine. Take them out, destroy the machine. On December 28th, 1911, they broke into a Paris gun shop and looted that. First crime was get a car. Second crime was rob a bank. Third crime was load up on guns. Probably should have hit the gun store first, but it seemed like they got by fine They're winning at this point from the car robbery on. Winning? Duh. Charlie Sheen in this robbery shit. January 2nd, 1912, they broke into the home of a wealthy Frenchman Frenchman named Louis Moreau. They looted his house and made him open a safe. They got a haul of 30,000 francs, and then they murdered him and his maid in the house. Damn. The press started to refer to them as the auto bandits. Is there no other cars in front? Like, I get, like, the first one was like, damn, they used a car, but at this point, aren't the police like, hey, uh... You should probably get a couple of those car things, huh? Like and how people copycat, even in Europe. Like, hey, man, you know, let's quit ro- rolling these horses up to rob this train. Let's drive into town and rob a bank. Well, the problem was they, there just wasn't, cars weren't in production like that. So they were so expensive. All the cars that they stole were these, like, very rich, expensive, like, high-end cars. Because at that time, like, it was so rare. Probably that... the equivalent to a rich dude having a helicopter pad at his mansion no, or something. No, they, they're, like, stealing Bugattis and, like, Ferraris and shit, and the cops are trying to catch them down in a Taurus. Like, they just can't do it. At the time, they were referred to as the auto bandits. Then people started to call them the Banat gang or the Banot gang. What Why we didn't know is this is what Fast and the Furious was based off of. This is the French and the Furious. Yes. At the time, they didn't call themselves anything, though. So amongst themselves, they were just... Just a group of anarchists that was... They were illegals. They were practicing illegalism. Yeah. After the murder of Louis Moreau, when they started getting articles out about the auto bandits and pressure started to mount, they decided to lay low for a while, and they left Paris and went back to Belgium to lay low. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. So we'll take a smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute.
listening, just real quick, want to ask you to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Go to Apple iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and leave us a review, and we'll read it on the show. If you have any questions, comments, or a guy that you would recommend we cover, you can email us at sayhellotothebadguypodcast at gmail.com. We also want to thank Sixfo Sueno for letting us use his music in the intro. You can subscribe to him on YouTube and also a friend of the show, Cancer. He's got an art, photography, and graphic design page at Eyes Bleed Defiance on Instagram. You can see a lot of his work, including our cover art, which he designed. And he also performed the mid-show song, Blood, from his album, Grenades, Pistols, and Rape Whistles. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. So when we let off, the auto bandits, Octave and his uh, group, had decided to slow it down a little bit and go to Belgium and lay low. The first thing he did, he sold the stolen car that they were everybody's looking for. Since one in every 10,000 people have a car back in them times, not laying low, but go on. He sold it to this guy. What happened was the guy was, you know, is a different country. So this guy was driving around the car until eventually. He's about to get popped and shit. Like, oh, there's the fucking wet bandits. We got him. That's what happened was they put together operation to find them because they had seen the car driving around in a neighborhood. And once they finally put it together and found out it was just some guy that bought the car and they were long gone hiding out. So we were back in Paris. This is back before they needed pink slips. Yeah. You just showed up with a car. I said, you want it? I'll give it to you, you know? Well, we were for real, though, bro, because there was no such, like, a DMV. There was no license. There yeah. was no... So there was no paper trail. If you want one of these mechanical horses that takes gasoline, go right ahead. That's so crazy. Like, I'm, like, no wonder crime was so rampant back in the day. Like, you just get yeah. away with it. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Well, it was wild, coming out of Wild West slash medieval type times. Not really medieval, but like as they got modern, like just like us here, like uh, in the early 2000s, our mobs and shit turned into like a lot more credit card fraud and identity theft. And they still do dirt, dirt, but like, I mean, and it trickles down, even like your bikers and your street gangs, all that, they all have like a technical side now. Just like, like Dan saying, like these guys, you know, like. Yeah, well, at the time, this was the high tech convert. You know what I mean? They were thinking outside of the boxes because other people were just like robbing trains on horses and shit like that. They were thinking outside the horse. Like I like this time period because it's kind of a lot like like World War One is a crazy war because of the fact that you still had some armies that had a traditional cavalry that would wear you know had big hats with flowers on them and ride horses and stuff like that. But you also had like, you know, the famous world war one picture of the German soldier that is on a horse with a machine gun and a gas mask. You know what I mean? It was like a real crazy kind of in between time. This era of crime is also kind of that same thing where you, you know what I mean? You still got like all these, like you said, wild west, old world remnants, but you see this other stuff starting to creep in. Well, yeah, all the comedy aside, like, this guy's no genius. They just were the first, by happenstance and luck, too. They wanted technology, but to get in a car and do that. Like I said, man, think about, just comprehend that for a second. Look what that sparked. And that's so okay, good. This just sounds so simple. Like, I really am just imagining them, like, sitting down, like, a car drives by, and they're just kind of like, man, bet you we can get away if we were in one of those. Why don't we just and take that one? Ever, yeah. Like, yeah, why don't we? But dress That's illegal. Like, we're illegalists. Dress like we the do. Beatles on Sergeant Pepper. Like, one's got a purple suit. One's got a yellow suit. One's got a, a mint green suit. Like, they're just writing poetry. They're the illegal rangers. That's yeah. what they do. 
Yeah, we should steal their car, we. Oui. I bet that's much faster I than ours. I am the Rouge Ranger. Moulin Rouge Ranger. <laughs> I thought it was pretty slick. It was a smart plan to sell off the car and then kind of Real leave, smart. leave without it. Some would say it was sh- Schwarmy. What was the name? Swarthy. Swarthy? <clears throat> Such a weird word. I don't like well, it. Well, yeah, because the Jean-Claude Van Damme of over there, like, he got caught, hemmed up. No, he got let go right away. Like, oh, it's not him. He's not even French, you know, but. Yeah, but still. It blew, it held the cover long enough as they're investigating fuckface. They're they're back in Paris or whatever. They're right, because they didn't pick up their cell phones. So someone sees this car, they got to send, like, a fucking, I don't know, a Pony Express or a, you know what I'm saying? No a milk fucking cartons, telegram. have you seen me? Or, like, you know what I mean? It's not. So you got to commit a major time operation just to find this guy. And then by the time that's done, you just bought yourself a fucking, what, three weeks to a month or some shit? Where that was slick, their first attempt at getting another car, they tried to carjack a guy and they, they killed the guy driving the car. And then they ended up killing a Belgian policeman, but didn't get away with the car. I don't, I don't see how you kill that many motherfuckers. Like what, what made you shoot a couple guys and then just. And even. Illegal. What's that? Illegal. Illegal, we. We are legalists. It is illegal. We should do it. Even in the not sophisticated times, though, I always beat this drum when that part of the story comes up because it comes up a lot in these casts. Once you kill a cop, asshole, here comes the tailspin. Well, I mean, for them, the cop is the extra glory. That's oh yeah, for the their illegalism their... mind. I'm just saying, I don't care if it's modern times, if it's the 30s, if it's 1890 when you kill a law enforcement. You know, it, it is kind of like uh, we use it, oh, illegalism. It is a good fallback because if that's your ultimate or your mission statement, no matter what, like you said, oh, we didn't get a car. Ah, we shot a couple people. Illegalism. And one of, we did good. Illegalism yes. and Count anarchism. It. Like the cop is both. He's rich, protecting their society, and he's a authoritarian. He's he's the authority. Right. So yeah. So they get a rich guy. And win a win. Boom. Yeah. Now the guy that had the car, he just was wrong for owning the car. Dare we? But well, he must cop, be rich, right? I the mean, cop deserved it. They gave up. They said, okay, maybe our problem is we keep trying to steal cars on the on the street. Like maybe we should steal one from a garage. And then February 27th, while stealing an expensive car from a garage in Place de Hoover, Place de Hoover, we're gonna go with Place they, to Hover. While stealing the car, they they shot and killed two police officers. Oh wow! Score. But they're racking up points. As Jay Bone pointed out, by now in Belgium, they were very. They they don't put up with that. We shit. rode the Pony Express because like one of the boys in blue got it. So now take that shit back to France. So Octave, being the diabolical genius he is, says, "Uh, let's take this back to France." Old fucking timey crime is yeah, ridiculous. Just hokey pokey I will right take, over that border. I will take three months to write my poetry, and then I will be back with vengeance they have never seen there. A big day oh, for yeah. the uh, oh, yeah. the Banat gang was March 25th, 1912. They stole that fire truck. So <laughs> this is uh, called uh, De Dion Bhutan car. So this is like a classic classic of cars. It's uh, considerably smaller. But I do like it's the beginning of running boards, which you probably need because it only looks like it has a seat or two. But the rest of the Mary Poets hang on well, the, the outside Well, the last car you showed had running boards. Oh, did it? Yeah. It also had a back seat, though, which is better. I mean, I think point. a lot of the old ones had running boards because they just like connected a... both wheel wells, like, together. Like... <laughs> right. This is probably more the equivalent of the first, like, Ferrari. Like, this one's more sportsy. That one's like a big Cadillac, like, of them This times. was the compact. Those were yes. sedans. Now that I am in the Ford Edge there, we... 
They will never <laughs> see my dust. This is the Mini Cooper. Yeah. So they picked up this car by, so after the shootout with the cops in the garage, they said, you know, we're just going to go back to ripping them off the street. The classic. Yeah, flip and flop. Right. So they, stop. they found this one going down the street, killed the driver. And so took they it. straight Grand Theft Auto. Man, these are worse than those kids in New, Camden, New Jersey. Do they have to kill every driver? You, or is it the rich people not giving it up? Like I mean, because it I wasn't a big they thing. They are just assholes, and they just murder people. And I think they're they're mad. We are anarchists. We are legal. And they're just assholes. And they're just uh, nothing more than a game. But they're going to claim political hey, shit. Can you please not kill? If you are rich enough to have a car. Don't ask. <laughs> oh, no, no, we have a car. Do not kill us. <laughs> Look, that would be my thing. They go steal it. I'd be like, cool, because I stole it. Right. Like, that would be my first thing. Well, that's definitely something as you read the story, and I didn't want to get too into it because I knew as I'm drinking, I'm not going to get way into, you know, the theory of anarchism. But this is also when even the other anarchists were like, well, hey, dude, for one, that's fucked up. And for two... You're the rich guy now. You have all these cars and guns and money and shit. Like, that's not... The first one, even though that dude got hemmed up with the police, you sold it to him. Should you not have Robin Hoodley kicked it to the next criminal in Belgium? Right. Like, isn't, isn't that more what your illegalism... Well, no, I mean, technically, we are poor, so we Now I'm more ourselves. like an entrepreneur, and I like to make money off everything. I'm diversifying my portfolio. Like, well, then you're one of the rich assholes you're trying to kill. I actually do not have the money. I, it's not liquid right now. It is tied <laughs> up in stocks at the societal general It's in futures, we? Oh, no, we stole the stocks from the bank. Oh, silly ass. And, I mean, just to clear it, like you said, we're going to get drunk and we're not going to get too much into it, but you can be an anarchist. That just means you're against the state. You could be still, like, capital, love, money, everything, and still be an anarchist. Right. Just some form of not believing in authority. Like, you don't have to believe, be totally anti-government or totally And you don't have to kill everyone and be like, hey, this is what we do. That's just straight illegalism. Like, it seems like illegalism is just the assholes of, like, anar like anarchists are like, no, these guys are just criminals. That's it. Like, they're just bad guys. Illegalism. Criminals. So now the next two pictures are pretty funny, but they're both artist renderings. We're talking about early 1900s. So photography wasn't where it is now and stuff like that. So they would work with a lot of like stenographers and artists is how they would do stuff. So they would interview people, you know, because they just didn't have access to a lot of pictures. My next two pictures our artist renderings from witness testimonies on uh, a couple of their crimes. First one of the carjacking when they took the Dion Bouton car. Now, before you hit the button real quick, do you have real, for later in the cast, do you have real photos of this gentleman? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have I didn't want to ruin, because yeah. I want to take a guess, but go ahead. Well, yeah, that's what, like, a lot of the stuff I had to look. I have pictures of him. There was a, pictures of the other guys, too. I didn't, but yeah, as far as, like, crimes and real life shit, the yeah. pictures are a lot few and farther between well this is like you stated this is from a time when so this is a witness description of the the carjacking you, you said grand theft auto it's not even that they just pulled up and shot that yeah that's like how i would imagine like an armored car of the day being jacked they, they steal this car on the street right later that night they go to say the name of that bank again Society General. <laughs> yeah, the General Society. Societal General, something like that. Yeah, but this one was in Chantilly. So same bank, but different branch. But now they're going with a different approach. So this time they went in and half the gang started shooting the employees while the other half jumped. 
started the, the, lo- bagging up money. Yeah, bagging up money. And uh, this is kind of the most famous picture of the Banat gang. That looks like an early Batman comic book, like where like that's Joker's squad or whatever. You know, Not the killing of people, just the like. But like you said, it's an artist rendering. You know, it's a it's cartoonish for the, the people. The driver at home. has driving goggles. Pilot, <laughs> pilot goggles, like, and he had to have had that for that to be a witness testimony, like, for him to have. So he was just rocking some driver's goggles, right? Because that would be an odd thing to just throw on a picture if it wasn't like you know, at one of them, <clears throat> one of them had those. But like, you definitely see the progression that at one point, I mean, they were always pretty violent in their crimes. Well, yeah, they killed everyone. Well, right, but now they're but just now running they in shooting. up. Like, you four go well, in yeah, and kill I mean, everybody. You four go in and bag up the money. I mean, in terms of the crime, if you're going to, like, it's less to have to deal with, just kill them all and take the money. I have to worry about something sneaking up on you. They escaped in the car that they stole off this one, and this, as they escaped in their automobile, they were pursued by two policemen, one on horseback and another on a bicycle. <laughs> so <laughs> this chase, this chase lasted what about ten minutes? I'm imagining like not even like the bicycle of today, but like those crazy like the big ass the wheel, yeah. wheel and the small one. He's up there pedaling like a hey, man oh, tricycle. Oh, oh, oh. Between the amount of police officers they killed. They're even just murdering people on the streets. So now, like, the anarchist community, everybody had it out for well, them. Well, civilians so they are going to be looking so out for you now. So now they created the drive-by? That's, like, their new thing. They started that? No, well, they probably created the uh, report of crime, stay anonymous. Like, because now where regular people probably felt sympathy, like, hey, man, these guys are for us. Now they're like, hey, man, these fools just kill people for nothing. Right. It takes off the romanticized edge of it. Like, oh, I'm not. No, these motherfuckers. My my aunt worked at that bank. Mm. You know, she just got shot up for going to work one day. Well, I mean, when they view you as the cog in the machine, not as a fellow Frenchman. Like, yeah, they're just shooting everybody. Hide your daughters, hide your wife. They killing everybody. <laughs> like the local police chiefs, the politicians, they ramped up. Like this was pre-terrorism there was basically like just multi-terrorist acts all over paris you know what i mean yeah. and it became like a huge political deal the police spent eight hundred thousand francs which at the time was a shit ton of money to ramp up and what we talked about earlier to bring in guns and cars and extra you know deputize extra people like just to, we're just getting fucked up on the streets out here like we need to do something like we're getting the right. shit kicked out of us by fucking little octave and his group of psychopaths so, oh, that's what they were going by nowadays. <laughs> it's a better uh, name. We're the psycho poets. Thank you. The Society General Bank put out a hundred thousand dollar reward for any advice or any information. That <laughs> any would... advice? How do you guys think we should handle this? <laughs> when we see these little brightly dressed poets come in here, how should we lock the goddamn door? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you have any Shit. ideas on how we should do this? <clears throat> Get a car. <laughs> if the 1910 version of like Cam Newton's suit comes walking towards you, like lock the fucking door. Well, like. going back to all right, the anarchist thing, I think this bank needs to get a little anarchy in them and decide, okay, outside of the state, we are rich. If the cops can't afford cars, we're a bank. We can afford cars. Well, these... We can afford a couple guards. Like, why isn't the guy... Like, they're putting up this $100,000 you know what... warrant. How many cars could you buy with that? Like, why don't you guys you get some You know what's funny? Their cars came shortly after this time, and they were the armored cars. Like, we got fucking Jean-Pierre and fucking Garnier to thank for that, too. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> right. Like now so we bank... have bulletproof cars because you idiots just shoot people for money, shoot people for cars, shoot people for... 
Well, there's too many of you. You just, you guys got regular jobs. You're working slave slobs. You're making the rich guys richer. Bam, bam. Like, <laughs> what, what the so fuck? you're just going to kill the whole world? And, and that is true. Cause yeah, they do armor cars now. This started with them killing a guy that was walking down the street with the bags of money, like a fucking DuckTales cartoon and shit. <laughs> Octave was the first one to say, hey, we could just kill him and grab that. No, we can't. The bank is closed. Now, what they did was, yeah, it did gravitate towards, you know, eventually armor cars. And yeah, they started paying to arm, you know, employees and shit like that. So we invented the security guard. See, well, I mean, technically, then they started. They congratulate you spread anarchy because now the co- the banks are relying on their own shit, not the state funded policing. So they, they do, yeah, they do. Banks bit. do their own security. They started privatizing the security sector. So where to go, legalists? <laughs> you fucking did. You marched up anarchy. Good job. Over the next month, most of the gang was either arrested, shot while being arrested, or sometimes they were lynched in the street by trying to get arrested. <laughs> sometimes the police <laughs> would try to... trying to be arrested. Stop resisting. We're going to hang you. You keep resisting. He resisted all the way till we kicked the chair out from underneath him. So, like, someone like Ice Cube's mom like, that even applied back then, like, you only going to end living that life, boy, you only going to end up one place, dead or in jail. Or dead going to jail. Like, yep. The police would be trying to arrest him, and sometimes a group of people would just lynch him and kill him before the police could arrest him and shit. Well, and I'm sure the police weren't trying too hard uh, to, uh, to stop oh, them. Well, that's, no, that's the stop, one, you know. Please, right. no, put down the rope, I guess, or don't. So the last three of the gang were Jules, Jules Bonneau, Octave Garnier, and Rene Vallée. Tough-ass sounding motherfuckers. I mean, why are we just now hearing about Rene Valet? Yeah, Rene. I mean, if I one mean, of your G's, if one of your G's in your main crew is Rene, if, I mean, I mean, anyone whose first name and last name rhyme, we need them front and center. Yeah, fuck this Benat guy. That's Benat. We need Rene Valet. Right. If anybody was born to be a psycho poet, it was fucking Rene Valet. The problem is. There were so many people in this gang. At some point, it's like, ah, you know what? Like They were the, like the French Wu-Tang Clan, dare we? Well, and, and you guys heard me try to <laughs> say society. <laughs> you heard me try to say society general. So do you guys want to hear me list 12 fucking French, French names? We, do you have yes, to butcher? We've heard you <laughs> yeah. say society general. So yes, we would. Uh, a- April 24th. Oh, three, dirty bastard. Inspected debt. Ghostface killer. We I love how you can even do that in a French accent. No, you're like, no, no I'm just gonna say that. Na- All puns aside, I'm just gonna start saying routine names. Well, I mean, we gotta finish it, right? I mean, you can't be disrespectful to the fucking. And they are not nothing to fuck with. We. <laughs> so I have heard. Uh, April twenty fourth, pr- three police officers got a tip, and they caught Jules Benoit. At an apartment of a suspected fence. They kind of knew there was a local criminal and they heard that uh, Jules Bonat might be there. But no. I, I say it right and then fuck it up the next time. But So the police show up. Andy was there. Shocker. He pulls out his gun and starts shooting him. Killed one. Wounded another one. And then took off running across the fucking the rooftops of Paris and ran away from the cop. So now he invented parkour. All right. <laughs> You cannot catch me, Capel. Take to the roofs. And the point of these, you know, like we have a good time. We smoke, we drink, and we talk about these stories. We never really glorify the violence, but I got to tip my gangster part of my hat to these guys. These motherfuckers killed a lot of cops in their short little fucking poetic, like, 15-year run here. Like, Well, there, there's no in-between. You know, they don't kill any other gangsters. They only kill cops and innocent people. <laughs> right, yeah. They have a, like, cops and citizens. That's everybody. Well, they they cast a wide net. Well, because, because they, all of the criminals are doing 
illegal shit. Therefore, they're doing illegal. They're on our side, eh? They, they start off that. killing in their mindset, killing the rich people. But then by the time they get so psychotic, well, the poor people are just helping them make them rich. So we're going to kill them and definitely fuck the cop. So we only kill rich people, poor people, and cops. That's well, what everybody uh, that's in everybody. the world at that time. But that's what I'm saying. I don't even think they weren't polite. They just use that as their asshole. Na- like they just want to do whatever they want to do. That they just they're Joker shit. Like, but they acted like it's political. Like. No, you just want to be an asshole and steal and rob and shit, and you just want to see the world burn. And that's cool. Whatever. That's what you do. But don't act like you're fucking Robin Hood in the mirror. To you, Duke, they would say, why so serious? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to know how I got these scars? Do you ever dance with the devil on a pale moonlight, dare we? (laughs) Uh, So, Bob, you are my number one guy. On uh, April 28th, they eventually ended up tracking Benoit back to, uh, it was a converted <laughs> garage. We were on the jo- Jared Letters jo- Oh, but the big uh, hunky hunky. You <laughs> <laughs> couldn't not run the gambit. Well, well, yeah, why leave him out? Hunka hunka. Like, well, do we get, uh, I mean, is there a Cesar Romero in there? I honestly, uh, that's before my time. I don't know anything mm-hmm. he's ever said. I got said. you. Zoink. When, <laughs> when Robin punched him. I mean, we can act like Banff was above my fist at some point. I, 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 I was about to try and do it with a French accent, and I almost said Elzoink. <laughs> that's, that's actually not French either. That would have been Lezoink. Oui? <laughs> La boom. I have a mustache that I shall just paint over. They, they track him back to a, a garage in a Paris suburb that he had converted into like a... Uh, a band cave. <laughs> uh, basically, a fucking like a fault, like... Last stand. My know, secret lair. His bunk air, we. It, it only had one entrance, so it's kind of easy for him to keep the police at bay. At one point, and I said earlier, they really stepped up. You know, they dumped a bunch of money into it. They had 500 armed police, soldiers, and private gun owners all to surround the area to run. And you did there. the research. Please say one goddamn car. <laughs> Just in case this motherfucker runs. Did they have oh, I forgot it for the slideshow. It would have been the best picture. The World War One, little fucking machine gun on the on the tripod where you yeah. sit Indian style and shoot it. They had one of those. Like they legitimately, because Octave Gardner and these goofballs. They're so like, this Dude, is we're gonna in, arm like this first bitch. blood when uh, Rambo's in that cave and there's only one way in and they're like, they shoot a missile in there. They flamethrow <laughs> it. They yes. They eventually end up taking them and after like a back and forth shooting wise, they they took the spot and. Benoit was shot 10 times when they found, when they found him, he was still alive. He didn't end up dying till 10 hours later and they were trying to keep him alive. But like I said earlier, the lynchings and stuff, such a big mob like uh, showed up to try and kill Benoit. They had to lie and say he was already dead and pack his body up like it was dead to pull him out of there because the whole mob of people just wanted to kill him. So even though the body was still alive, that is still one of those things where I think you think they would have just let him fucking kill him. You know what I mean? Or just put another bullet in his head, but well, they tried to keep him alive. But theory wise, like, I don't get that. I'll never understand that. Cause I'm sure it's never said, but like, why keep him? Do you want to make him pay for his crimes? Whatever. Like, and when you said they had that machine gun and all of our stories with the body, so riddled with bullets, the police lost count. Like this dude only got shot 10 times out of all that firepower. No, he was outmanned <laughs> 22,000 to one. Who's this guy? The French Osama bin Laden? Like, God damn. I mean, he's just in his little cave and we can't get him. And like, uh, because of legalism. <laughs> I guess so, man. It's just man, because 
illegalism. Now it was basically just uh, Octave and Rene Valet. They ended up on May 14th, 1912. They end up in a, a similar situation. So they were in a safe house in uh, Nogent St. Marne, and it got raided by police. They were really heavily armed, and they, like I said earlier, they had repeater rifles, and like they had high-end weaponry for the time. They ended up, they didn't have as many as Bonneau did, but they had 300 police officers, but they did a considerably better job. So they had a six-hour shoot-off with the police. They shot, they, they killed a police officer and wounded two other ones. Eventually, when it got to the point... These guys. <laughs> ...that in order to get them out, they had to sneak two guys in and put dynamite under the building and blow up piece of the building. Damn. <clears throat> Once they blew up the building with dynamite, everything cooled down, so they went in. <laughs> they tends to... <laughs> After they put out the fire, everything cooled down. You guys cool? (laughs) You still want to go? But it turned out once they went in, after they hit the place with dynamite, when they seen they couldn't really defend it anymore, both of them just shot themselves in the head. And and it was kind of gross because there was a lot of... (laughs) It wasn't one of those clean headshots. Yeah, it wasn't a nice suicide. Well, because there's a lot of right ucky, the brains went all everywhere. Ew. Well, there's a lot of writings between both Octave and like a lot of his, you know, not a lot of, but some of the other guys. So there's information out there on what their thought process was and stuff like that. And they used to mention all the time blowing their brains out. And they would never say like shoot yourself or kill yourself, or they would always say blow your brains out because to them that was they said it's their way to open up their mind. To be free until the end. Like, so no matter what, they're never going to take me. I will, you know what I mean? I'll blow out my brains before I get caught, before I stop illegalism. Yes. Word. Couple killmongers. And so they found out they both had killed themselves all through the shootout. They had took turns while one was keeping the police at bay, shooting out, shooting them up. The other one would burn. They burned over $10,000 or 10,000 francs. So one was burning the money while the other one was shooting it shooting out with the cops once again don't throw that out like a back window like well i mean i think it goes back to the like the chaos theory shit like even though it was more important like okay the only thing we we're gonna die here the only thing we can do is kill as many of these people as possible and i don't know it's burned as stay money true or to the end there though they got them in this shootout they got them a, every time you mention something with these dudes any of these poets and some fucking cops one or two cops die they fucking didn't miss an opportunity i believe Ice-T wrote a song about them. Cop killer! That's a, Ice-T wrote it. That's a body count production. Okay, okay nerd, don't try to up my... You could just let that go. Nobody cares about body count. Uh, I care about body I care, I care a lot. Who do they care about Ice-T? Nobody even knows body count. That little bitch is on fucking Law & Order now. He ain't no G. <laughs> so one of the final quotes in uh, Gagnier's manifesto... I love penis. He's, he's popular with chicks. He's a real chick magnet, apparently. Yeah, so shut your mouth, Yeah, the Jay. one guy in the fucking villa with the fucking car and a fucking <laughs> duffel bag full of franks, some guns. You hey, know what I mean? <laughs> bitches love bad boys. It don't matter what society. You could be, you know, the Mideastern Arabic. What do good girls like bad guys, eh? I make the good girls go bad, we. I mean, he was he was swervy, so gets but, it all. So what, one of the quotes, one of his final quotes in his manifesto was, Remember that I defended myself against the oppressors with all means at my disposal. So that's what he wanted to be remembered by as a guy that. But all they remember is yeah. the brains blown out. Hey, that that's what he really wanted, right? You guys said yeah. brain, brains blown out a thousand times. And that's ultimately how you went out. 
I mean, that's like that fucking, uh, like the mass shooter shit, right? You show up, kill a bunch of people, and just shoot yourself when you're done. It's a bitch way out. Yep. So in 1928, a movie came out, a silent movie called The Man Who Laughs. It stars Conrad Veidt as a guy, the, like the main guy of the character is Gwyn Plain. Now it's an adaption from a Victor Hugo's not a Hugo novel. Now that's the same guy that wrote Les Miserables. So most of his writings were based around this French revolution and was really influenced by like the anarchy culture and stuff like that. It was written earlier in the 1800s, the original Man Who Laughs, the novel. In 1928, when they remade the movie, it was kind of based like even anarchists after after the Bonnot gang or the Bonot gang was done, even anarchists tried to be like, hey, we're not down with that. <laughs> we do that's not us. But the French government and all governments in general use that as the example of this is what anarchists are. That kind of brought like that kind of culture back up. And that's when they decided to, to kind of remake this old novel. Now, Conrad Veidt's character, Gwenplaine, is what has been commonly referred to as the original joker the inspiration for the joker's look in doing the research for this i i heard this kind of interesting thing that kind of in like a six degrees of separation kind of tied this gang to the inspiration for joker basically out of the fact that you know it comes from the french you know the french revolutionary anarchist period he kind of reintroduced the high highest level anarchism which kind of made them remake the movie because it was something that was back in the zeitgeist and then this guy turned into inspiration for joker but he was really just the inspiration for the look of joker when they seen the look they said that's what the joker looks like but people do say he was i mean he was an anarchist he was an illegalist and he was a psychopath if you were trying to tie down a real life example of the joker that the closest that you would come to is uh, Octave Garner. Word. Sounds about right. I did say Joker shit a whole bunch. And then soon he said the man who laughs. I was just, I was waiting for yeah, the whole explanation. I was waiting ever. for you to get to the thing. Like, yeah, it's the Joker. Like, soon as he said the man who laughs, I was like, yeah, it is Joker shit. So that's the story of Octave Garnier. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Go on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. So now, so now we got to cast this. We've told the story. You guys haven't seen a picture yet. I have a picture here. It's not a drawn picture. It's an actual picture. But as of right now, if we were to try and cast a movie about Octave Garnier, who do you think you would pick to play him? Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Ledger. I don't know if Heath Ledger could pull it off, man. It's tough to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. A tiny little dark... Handsome. Yeah, anybody but anybody but Jared Leto. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Jared Leto. I just in my head real quick of actors. I'm trying to get like um, feverish eyes. I can't really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure what that looks like. Well, all right. Well, here here we got a picture of Octave Garnier. Oh wow, I wouldn't have even been called. It's Poe from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Oscar Isaac. Fuck. Uh, that's what you said, Oscar Isaac. I thought uh, I thought he looked like the guy that plays uh, from uh, the Rogue One, the su- fighter, super bad. The uh, McLovin. McLovin. Oh, i see it now <laughs> a little bit well the, the tough part is i look at him and i'm like oh he looked okay so when i started doing the research i don't do i can't do read the story do the research and look at the picture because the pictures pop up the whole time yeah so i see him and i was like oh who's this little goofball you're gonna tell you know what i mean like I, i'm about to hear he's gonna do a whole shitload of crime and he looks like a goof 
And then a lot of the stuff as you're reading it, they're like, oh, he's handsome, he's good looking, chicks liked him, people listen to he him. He writes poetry, he's got fucking... And I just thought, like, I looked at him and said, oh, look, it's McLovin. McLovin's a French criminal. They're like, yeah, this swarthy, ha- swarthy, handsome guy. Feverish ass eyes. So, uh... What's After seeing the picture, I said Poe, but I, my, my oh, real guess, Os- Oscar Isaacs, that's his name. My real guess wouldn't have been Heath Ledger, but we were right. just fucking around with yeah, Joker yeah. thing. But I had no, man, he writes poetry. He fucking dances. He was a butcher at 13. <laughs> we were all over the place. Who the fuck mm-hmm. really, without like how we do this for the people at home that just play along and do it too. Like, man, unless you sneak and take a peek at this dude, like you're not getting this one. Yeah, some by doesn't doesn't look like a psychopathic killer of men. Some by their body of work, you know, can you can get a build so you can frame it like your pick of your actor off that. But this guy did everything. Well, and and just he was a fucking engineer. He was a fucking butcher. He's a pastry chef. He was a poet. He stole cars. He robbed banks. He killed innocent people. What the fuck? And and just so this picture too, like he died real young and. This picture was right around when he's 18. Like most of the stuff is on like a, you know, a, a short timeline. So that's about what he looked like when he was out there shooting cops and fucking robbing banks and shit. Just looking like a goof. Now we got to do, we got to do the DEFCON scale. So the stand, standard DEFCON scale is a scale of five to one. Five being the lowest, one being the highest. It's important to know on this scale, nobody's a good guy. So a five would still be your average crack dealing, kidnapping, armed robber like Lee Murray. One would be the Purple Gang, who you got multiple massacres and multiple gang wars, and you know you're killing cops on the streets. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, where would you rate Octave Garnier? And we'll just throw it out to the floor. You want to go first? Uh, for sure, number one. Just right down to the whole, like you know where I'm going, like just the killing innocent people. Like not everybody on the show is a mobster. Some are like you know russians or old west americana like but like it doesn't matter like when you start killing innocent people and for the the real g's out there the west coast gangsters nate diaz (laughs) um i'm not even saying the cops are that and we don't glorify killing cops or any bullshit like that i'm just saying like i'm not just saying oh i got a beef with them killing i'm saying like the innocent people like the the real and for no reason at all, because your theory, your philosophy became, we kill the rich and we're anti-authority, but hey, this dude's got a job, so him working for Ford, he's just as bad as fucking Henry Ford. Bam. Duke. See ya. I, I just, don't like you threatening me. I don't like that tone. I don't like you having a job you being a cog in the wheel. finger gun somewhere don't, else. Don't point that finger gun at my friend. Stop pointing that gun at my friend. You stop pointing that gun at my friend. <laughs> so would you defecate him on the death count? Oh, I would definitely poop him right on a number one. Because, I mean, it's it's not just all that. It's also just the mindset of people. Like, he just his mindset was that he was justified in killing, that killing was what he did. And there was nothing to it in, like, innocence, cops, whatever. It just, and just that whole illegal, as long as we're doing a crime, it's the right thing to do. Like, when the most dangerous criminal is one that thinks he's justified. Like, and the fact that, like... All right, a hitman kills for money. That's bad. And you can say he's justified, he's getting money. But at least then, like, he's getting paid. You got this guy that's just running around killing people willy-nilly. Like, well, who aren't you? Like, what are the rules here? The people with no rules. Like, the anarchy shit. The shit of just illegalism, you know? It's all illegalism. (laughs) I mean, body count, you're there. And then 
like you said, I guess it's tough to not be glorifying it, but at some point when you look at the volume of police officers, you know, you're killing a lot of, it's putting in a lot of work, a lot of innocent people, and they pulled off a lot of money. You know, like a, the guy and his maid, it's pretty rough, man. You know, you could have just robbed him and bounced. That, that's part of it. That's what I mean by the innocent, because you could say, okay, in the anarchy sense of philosophy, the guy that was rich enough to have that mansion, that car, and that maid, cool. But poor Helga. Yeah, she's the just maid. There. She, damn, bro. She's got to make some shekels, too. Okay. So but that's not, the thing that I'm saying. It's not only the but it's the fact that just killing is good. Like that mentality. Like, even if you had only killed two people and that was it, the fact that he's just like, yeah, we kill whoever. That's what we just, do. That's like, that's a crazy mindset. We rocked have. out a little bit with doing the Joker impressions, all that to keep within the, the man that laughs movie and all that. It's the why it's a unanimous Defcon one is if we did fictional characters, if we did the Joker, he's so crazy. He's a cool villain. We all mm-hmm. like him. He's one of the most likable villains, but he's such an asshole and kills for no re Like, there's no method to his madness. He's just truly mad. He would be a DEFCON 1. We don't do comic book characters, but right. this is a guy. We don't do many podcasts of anybody that, like, a bad guy is based off of, you know, like, the guy that was the star of our show. Because on the show, too, also, a lot of these guys are, like, a little more obscure. If you were part of the Frank and Jesse James gang, you wouldn't be Frank or Jesse on the show. Mm-hmm. This guy fucking inspired the Joker. <laughs> was a fucking 13-year-old pastry chef, fucking rocked out as a butcher. Like I say, he kind of lived a life. It was, you can judge the morality of it and the the stupidity of it and all that, but, like, damn, he did some living. I right. mean, that's the thing when you talk about villains, too. Um, Going back to the Joker is always my favorite villain, because... He was about, and one thing you could say, like, this guy was true to the end. That whole, I'm going to kill motherfuckers, and he left nobody unturned. He was ready to go down for all that shit. Now, he committed to his lifestyle a different way. Now, like, if he would have, like, we talked about the maid. So, say he kills that guy, robs him, takes his car, and leaves the maid alive. Now, not to say that that's okay, because obviously it's not, but you could at least say that's within his philosophy. That might have been the difference. Or that might have got him a DEFCON 2-ish. Right. You know, but, that might have... But no, when you commit the other way to where, okay, I can't kill anybody else and we're going to die here. Okay, let's just burn this money. Like, that mm. is, like, this motherfucker is fucking crazy. Like, he just literally, the chaos theory. He, he loves the chaos. All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. So we're going to wrap this up. Now go to Bad Guy Podcast on Instagram. Friend of the show, Cancer. You can get his album, Grenades, Pistols, and Rape Whistles. It's on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp. You can get it anywhere online. That's all I got. So guys, thanks for coming, and thanks for listening. To the bad guy, bad guy. the good guy coming in last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy, the good guy coming in last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. We was down bad, my mama had to be dead Spent my birthdays in the trap, we had to work with what we had She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the can, man, man. And 
I don't need a hundred friends, I just want a hundred bands A hundred jugs, a hundred scams, ay, ay So I don't money gram the hundred hams Said I done money grabbed a bunch of bands And I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols Fuck a judge with a grudge, I'm blowing crud for my mental ay, ay. And I still keep it on me, run into your big homie First you meet your dead homie, ay. yeah Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. the good guy coming last place You smell that dope when I pass by, pass by. I like my money at a fast pace Smell the dope when I pass by I let my money at a fast pace